Hello, my name is Anne DeSantis. I'm the director for the St. Raymond Anatis Foundation for Freedom, Family, and Faith. I want to tell you what's been going on with us since we've been in existence in 2015. The Mercedarian Friars came together and decided that they wanted to start a foundation to make outreach to families in crisis. And that's exactly what they did when the St. Raymond Anatis Foundation came into existence as a nonprofit 501c3 headquartered in Philadelphia. Since that time, I became the director in the beginning of 2018, and we basically have four facets to what we do. We offer prayer, priestly consultations, podcasts and videos, and also programs and events. Now, if you've never been to our website, I just to invite you to go to nonatis.org and check out all the great things that we've been doing. Because since that time, since we've been in existence, we've now helped hundreds of families who are going through really challenging times. And as you all know, we went through a really challenging time in 2020. So I'd just like to invite you to go and check out the great things that we're doing. And there's more to come. If you or your church community would like us to come and do some type of an event where we can talk about what we offer in terms of that pastoral accompaniment and making outreach to families in crisis, please do reach out to us. And I'm just so grateful to be able to serve, be able to serve people like you and your families. So again, learn about us at nonatis.org. Thank you. Today, many students go to college with numerous questions about their faith, yearning to know if the seed planted in them as a child is both true and practical. Using the miracle on the road to Emmaus as a model, young adult ministers conversed weekly for three months with college students about the most pressing questions they had about the Catholic faith. As they journeyed together virtually, something amazing happened. Doubts disappeared. Fears faded, and Jesus revealed that he is still alive. Hearts Burning Within Us, the latest book from Patchwork Heart Ministry, is a result of that grace-infused conversation. It is the perfect back-to-school gift for recent high school graduates and current college students. Get your copy for them today at patchworkheart.org or by calling 424-704-3278. That's 
Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry present Journeys in Faith. Now, here's Andy Santis. Hi, and welcome to Journeys in Faith here on this Friday evening. I hope everyone had a wonderful summer. This is our first show back from a little break that we took during June, July, and most of August, too. So it's wonderful to be here with you again on Fiat Ministry Network. And I say hello to all of my friends there and thank them for producing this show. I have an amazing uh, guest for you on this evening on Journeys in Faith. I have Emily Jaminette. She is a wife, mother, Catholic author, speaker, and she's got so much to share with all of us on her journey and learn a lot about the Sacred Heart devotion, because we're going to spend a lot of time during the show talking about it. Let me read you her bio. Emily Jaminette is a Catholic author, speaker, radio personality, wife, mother of seven children, ranging from ages two, excuse me, 21 to five, and the executive director of Sacred Heart Enthronement Network, found at welcomehisheart.com. She's the co-founder of inspirethefaith.com, and her ministry podcast is Inspired by Faith, is an outreach of Columbus Catholic Women's Conference. Her, her fifth book just came out this year. It's Sac Secrets of the Sacred Heart, 12 Ways to Claim Jesus' Promises. I have that book and I love it. Emily can be found at emilygeminette.com and on social media at Emily Jaminette. And she lives in Columbus, Ohio with her family. Again, welcome, Emily. Thank you so much for joining us on Journeys in Faith. Wow. Thank you so much for inviting me. And it's such a privilege to be here. You know, my my journey in my faith, um, I'm happy to say I'm actually a cradle Catholic. I was raised in a beautiful Catholic home. Um, you know, we went through a deepening, my parents went through a deepening conversion when I was about eighth grade. So I still remember when my um, when my dad encountered Christ really um, as a Catholic through this deepening of his own faith in the impact it had on our entire family. My dad uh, runs the Columbus Catholic Men's Conference for many years. He just retired. But so this zeal to evangelize was embedded in us. It was part of our, our dinner conversation. You can say, you know, what in this belief that you can make the world a better place, that you with all, with Christ, all things are possible. Um, I went to public school. I, you know, had a very ordinary childhood, but just um, this, this gift, this understanding that great things are, are possible. So I uh, live in Columbus with my husband, my seven kids, and I'm, I'm doing a lot of ministry work and it's really fulfilling. Yes. You were also a guest on my podcast with Bill Snyder. It's called Sowing Hope. And if some of you haven't listened to that podcast before, I just want to invite you to check it out on Patchwork Heart Ministry on YouTube, because we have a whole hour show where Emily was a guest and you can learn more there. You know, with every podcast, with every show, you get some more information about the guest. And, and that's why I love doing interviews with people like you, Emily, who are doing such amazing work. So let's talk about prayer. I know right before this show started, we were talking about the importance of women's prayer, you know, um, not to say that we discount any anybody else, young people, old people, men, whoever, but, you know, you and I are both moms and there is an importance there with women making it a point to put prayer first in your life. Can you talk about that? Sure. You know, one of the things that I am very passionate about is helping Catholics to understand the importance 
of cultivating a prayer life. You know, it's one thing to go to mass every Sunday and it's so beautiful, but the Lord wants to walk with us in those ordinary moments of each and every day. So um, in the book, Prayfully, Simple Steps for Becoming a Woman of Prayer, you know, that book came out right before the pandemic, but it really is, an, it's a window, it's an opportunity to come to know the Lord in a new way and see that when, what you know, what happens when we begin this deepening of our prayer life, there's a stability that happens, especially in the heart of women. So the Lord wants to remove that anxiety, the depression, the, the feeling constantly overwhelmed and replace it with a spirit of trust, of joy, of inner peace, even in the midst of trials. Yeah, that, that's wonderful to know because I think all of us, we have challenges and adversities that we face. And when we have a deep prayer life, as you talk about in your book, I think it really does help us to grow closer to God, which is the ultimate goal, isn't it? I mean, our ultimate goal is that relationship with Christ, that relationship with him. And I know we're going to talk a lot about the sacred heart, and maybe we can just move right into that because you have devoted your life, um, honestly, uh, and your family, because you told me a story also about how that came to be, that your grandfather had also a love of the sacred heart. So tell us more and tell us uh, for people who are watching, how can they become more devoted to uh, the sacred heart of Jesus? So as you know, prayer is an invitation to develop that relationship with Jesus. The Sacred Heart Devotion is such a beautiful opportunity to come to know the Lord through his friendship. You know, you're really welcoming him into your life as king, savior, friend, seeing that he again wants to to be ever with us. So this devotion is unique and because Jesus is appearing with his heart outside of his body. You know, I'm sure for many Catholics, you know, we, you might know that devotion. You might even have an image in the back of your church, but this is an image that has provided spiritual stability for Catholics for generations. And I, I grew up in a family where this was the devotion. This was the devotion that my grandparents, you know, had predominantly this image in their home my great uncles, my great aunts, and we spoke often of the love of God, how much God loves us. And I think it's important that no matter how old you are, this is where we go in the midst of turmoil, trial, tribulation, whatever that is, if it is um, you know, present in your life, that that personal relationship with Jesus through the Sacred Heart devotion is really important. Yeah, it definitely is. I know it's made a big difference for me in my own life and my family and just that prominent image and a place of prayer where we trust God, isn't it? Isn't a lot of it about trusting God, whatever happens in your life? Because even when we go through those crises and those times where we sort of shake our heads and say, why is this happening to me? God always has an ultimate plan for our lives. Would you agree that that has something to do with the sacred heart, that we need to trust him? We do. And can you we talk a little do. bit about that? Sure. You know, the Sacred Heart Devotion, what's really special are there, and I, I talk about it in my book, Secrets of the Sacred Heart, 12 Ways to Claim Jesus's Promises. They're actually these 12 promises. And I like to tell people that there's actually more than 12. If you read St. Margaret Mary Alico's writings, you, you know, there's 
multiple promises, very, very specific, but they're beautiful promises even to the laity, the peace that the Lord promises, this that grace will be present and that you will be blessed if you expose an image of his heart. So some of this language can, even though it, you know, um, Jesus appeared to St. Margaret Mary Alico in the 1670s, it's still just as relevant, right, in, in the culture that we live in today is that we need to, you know, put our anchor in something. And this is where as Catholics, this devotion is where we can turn to. I love it too, because this devotion has been lived out in the lives of very ordinary people. Like we mentioned, my grandfather, he actually made these plaques in his basement. He, of the image of the Sacred Heart and the Immaculate Heart, he shipped them out through the help of the men of the Sacred Hearts in Cincinnati, all over India and Albania to the homes of the sick and the dying of Mother Teresa. So I had this amazing example in my life as a teenager of a very ordinary man living in devotion, do, using his gifts and talents in making a, a huge impact on, on the world. And these images also went into the homes of first communicants as in, in many different places. But that's a great example of ordinary. And then we have saints who have spoken tremendously about it. Padre Pio, Mother Teresa, John Paul II, even um, St. Faustina has many beautiful quotes, and then our popes. There's multiple encyclicals on this devotion, on the importance of a Christ-centered devotion uh, to his, his merciful and loving heart. Yes, thank you so much for expanding on that. And I just want to invite people to check out um, that one particular website you said is called welcomehisheart.com. I think that's probably a good resource for people who want some more information about it. Let's talk about spiritual friendship because that kind of is a lead in right from the sacred heart because those, those spiritual friendships are so important for all of us as we go through life. Please let us talk, tell us more. Sure. You know, um, one of the other books in which has um, really been meaningful to me, a, a book project was called The Friendship Project. And it was simple steps for becoming a woman of prayer, but also for cultivating friendships. So we give women this, these, I, Michelle family and I co-authored this book, but this idea, this understanding that as Catholics, we can cultivate Christ-centered friendships spiritual friendships where we can share about our faith, you know, and there's certain virtues that are associated to friendship. You know, friendship isn't just, um, you know, celebrating the good moments or, you know, exchanging, uh, you know, opportunities of, of utility, but it's really this idea that Jesus wants to not only be the, our friend, but he wants to give us Christ-centered friendships to provide us stability and strength, especially um, as we walk our our journey each and every day. Yes. And I, I, I know you understand that too, because as a mother, wouldn't you say that it's important for women? And I, I think for everyone, as I said at the beginning of this question, it's important for everyone. But I think when you're a, a mother and you are you know, busy with kids all the time, you need to have that, not only that close relationship with God to, to do your vocation well, but in those spiritual friendships, you get to know God even better and you share faith, right? You're sharing faith with other women. Can you tell us a little bit about how that's affected your own life? Yeah. In the Friendship Project, I actually talked about 
um, different women that have witnessed virtues of friendship to me, you know, such as the importance of hope, hope and friendship, you know, if anything, breathe hope to the relationships in your life, use your words, remind people, even in the midst of their trial that, you know, don't be Debbie Downer, you know, and bring them the encouragement that they need. And I talked about some of the friends that have taught me these virtues and Michelle um, did the same, but I also, you know, talked about the difficult time in my life where I built my own walls of isolation. And like you mentioned, it was a time when my life was busy, my kids were young, and I stopped saying yes to opportunities. I stopped saying yes to friendship. And as a result, um, I, I was very lonely. I was really suffering. Yeah. And I think that can happen sometimes, can it? Because I think we need to continue to seek God also in those relationships that we have with other people, because, you know, the Lord is with within people as well. And when we foster those relationships, it's like that vertical relationship with God between us and God, and then the horizontal, right, which is with other people. I think we need both. And uh, so th they're all beautiful things. So we talked about prayer so far. We talked about the sacred heart. We talked about spiritual friendship. Is there anything else about your ministry that you'd like for people to know about? Maybe is there something going on, you know, this year, 2021 or 2022 that you would like people to know about? You know, I'm, I'm just been working really hard at promoting this idea of enthronement. So enthronement fulfills the ninth promise of the Sacred Heart Devotion, where the image is instilled, installed in a home. It's placed in a predominant place. And the family know it's like a holy stop sign in your house. Like, okay, Lord, we're going to give you everything. This is so important. So, you know, it gives you these a new way to orchestrate your life. So the work I've been doing at Welcome is Heart is just a lot of that groundwork of getting this message out, making sure that, you know, when I, you know, the, that I, I, I do a good job at it, that I have some speaking opportunities. I'm I'm really looking forward to, I have a new um, prayer book that I offer at emilyjaminette.com that has the prayers and a journal. So it's a prayer journal. So, you know, just helping people see that like this devotion is one that will transform your life and from it will will flow forth, you know, a spiritual prayer life will flow forth, you know, the spiritual friendships that the Lord wants to give you and, you know, really bring you the joy and the peace that the world um, really can't offer us, right, Anne? Yes, the world cannot, cannot offer us that. And I think as Catholics, you know, that word means universal. And, and to me, that means a few different things. One is that Christ is universal. He's universally available to every single human being around the planet. And, and not only from the past, but all the way until now and then w into eternity, right? So, but the other part of that is, is that the universality of people from all over the world, right? I mean, and, and the fact that, you know, he is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow and for, and for eternity. And that relationship is open to us through the sacraments of the Catholic Church, through something like the Sacred Heart Devotion and Immaculate Heart of Mary. And so I just want to commend you on the beautiful work that you're doing for the church and also, honestly, for your own family, too, because what a great example you are to your kids. Let's talk a little bit about that, because you're a mom of seven. You're balancing uh, life with the kids, with school. I'm, I'm not sure. Forgive me that I'm not sure whether you send your kids to, to school or whether uh, they are homeschooled. So maybe you can share a little bit on that. Sure. Actually, today's a really special day for me because uh, my youngest went to kindergarten. This mm. is her first year of kindergarten. And um, so again, seven children on school all the way up to college, three in college. And 
you know, there was a moment, we all have that moment, like, dear God, please help me, you know, and mm-hmm. you know, if you haven't had that moment, moms and dads, get on your knees and say those powerful words, you know, come into my heart, come into my home and help me. I give you my marriage, my children, my future. And I, I still remember when I said those prayers, I said that because the truth was I was homeschooling. I didn't know what my future was going to look like. I knew that I needed to make a change. I needed to have the courage to do it. So um, I stopped living in my will, God willing. Hopefully I'm not living in my will, but really seeking God's will. And so um, that was a a very pivotal moment about nine years ago. And from that, um, it's really helped my family because when we say that Jesus comes to our home as King, Savior, and Friend, when we are consistent and living out our Sunday obligation by going to mass, you know, we are giving our children a legacy, a legacy of faith that they, that for some families like mine, it's been passed on for generations upon generations upon generations. And for other families, I like to say, be that first generation Catholic, Mm -hmm. like you can do it. Don't give up your Catholic faith because you want to flip hamburgers, you know, on Sunday night or eat pancakes on Sunday morning. It's not an either or it's an every day and the sacraments are our spiritual foods. So I'm just, um, I'm really grateful that all my children are encouraging me to do this work and let me travel and let me, you know, go to events. And their, their only requirement is that I'm authentic. They're like, mom, you have to tell them the truth. So the truth is we're not a perfect family, but <laughs> we definitely rely on Jesus. <laughs> well, you're perfect in terms of your faith, meaning that, uh, you know, when we hold on to that faith, it doesn't mean that any everything here on earth is perfect, right? I mean, there's all kinds of storms that come and hit us individually and as a family. But when you stick together with Christ, walk in with him every single day, and like you said, you have that legacy of faith that was passed down from grandparents, probably great-grandparents too, and even maybe before that, um, and you want to pass it on to your kids, that's such a great thing. But the shout out to people who are watching who maybe don't feel like they're people of faith. Maybe they weren't raised in some kind of a Catholic or some some type of home that was celebrating religion of any sort. And so for, for the people watching, then it, it's it's a beginning for you too. And I, I would hope that you would learn about some of these things that Emily's talking about. I'm just going to repeat those websites again is welcomehisheart.com. That's the one that you can learn about the sacred heart devotion inspirethefaith.com and then her own website is emilyjaminette.com and i know that's a beautiful website as i've been on it before and was so impressed with uh the work that you're doing now let's talk about your writing what is it like for you to be a catholic author and is there anything in the works that we can look out for in the next couple years or so well um you know one of the things the logistics of my writing consists of early in the morning and i I once heard um, a great mystery writer, a mom of five uh, from a long time ago. I don't remember who she was. I was listening to her on the radio, but she said, I started each day writing. So I begin every morning very early in the morning. And when my alarm goes off, it's personal prayer. And then I have my journal right there. like, And, and I do do some writing and some reflection. And a lot of time that can be repurposed. So it's not something, you know, when you become a writer or you start writing, it's, it's not, you know, it's a craft. It's something that you have to work at it and you continue to revise and, and keep, keep trying. So I want to encourage anyone that's interested in, in doing that. You know, your voice 
is important. I didn't think, oh, I'm going to be a Catholic writer. I just, I just started, I just took the, the leap, you could say. Now, um, in the future, I'm actually working, hopefully, God willing, on a Catholic lifestyle course that will be coming out next year on just the importance of mind, body, and spirit. I think women are really struggling with that, that balance, as you know, that um, we have the temple, the Holy Spirit, our mind, you know, keeping our thoughts pure, holy, clean, and and focused and purposeful. And then the importance of cultivating a spirit, understanding that we are, you know, that the Lord wants to be within us. So that's one of the projects I'm working on. But I did tell my family, I am not actively writing a book right now. And they are so happy that I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm more working on, you know, everything I have done to, um, to then get it, get it out there and hopefully um, continue speaking and just encouraging people along the way. Yeah, you said that so well, and and especially the part about you know the the dividing of between like our personal time and our family time because you know when you're a writer you use the word repurpose. I mean, we can repurpose that that time that you take to to jot some notes or some prayers, and and that can be given to some given to someone else or used on a website or for an article that can enrich someone's life. So. I just think that's a beautiful thing. And thanks for sharing that because I write too. I, I do some writing and uh, that, I just think that's a great idea what you just said. Uh, I want to use that more often because I haven't quite done that yet. I usually sit down and make it a point. Okay, it's four o'clock in the afternoon. I'm going to write for a half hour. But you're right. I mean, you can kind of work that into your day so that, you know, you can use your time wisely, right? Because let's face it, our families want us a lot of times, don't they? They want us to be present. They uh, they, 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 they admire the fact that we have other things that we're doing for the Lord or for work, but, but they still want us close by. So I think that was just uh, a good piece of advice there. Yeah. And I, I can't say enough too about when you're constantly dialoguing with the Lord throughout the day, when you get those little inspirations, I actually just grab my phone and I'll do a talk to text. Mm. So I'll say something like, you know, the sacred heart has set my heart on fire, you know, or something, just whatever that, that, that was really resonating with me or, or, you know, most recently I'm just marveling over the importance of charity, charity in our social media, charity in our interactions, charity in all levels. You know, it seems like we've kind of put that on the, mm. the back with our posting. So those little thoughts might turn into an article. It might be a reminder for me, but I just use that talk to text and then I can go back to it um, if I need to. Oh, I love that. And I agree with you completely. I think charity has to be at the forefront of everything that we do. Because even when we're people who are devout, living our faith, you get on social media with sort of like-minded people, um, there's a sort of like proving that I'm right, if you know what I mean, sometimes. And, you know, it's not about like whether Anne is right about things, right? It's that God is right about it. And I don't need to get on a soapbox and preach to everyone. So I think that that's a smart thing that you just said. I couldn't agree more. And charity has to be at the forefront of who we are as Catholics and as Christians. And I think especially when it comes to writing and social media and things like that, we have to remember that that's the model that Jesus gave us, isn't it? Um, yeah. Some people bring up that Jesus got angry in the temple and that proves that, you know, it's okay to get angry with people and kind of, you know, stamp your feet around a little bit. And, and it's true, Jesus did get angry, but I don't think we're going to find that many instances of him, uh, you know, getting super angry with everyone. Most of the time, he was uh, a very 
uh, loving, sacrificial, giving, um, offering his life and going after people who are marginalized and downtrodden. So I think that's more the example of what we see. I like to tell people too that um, build relationship, right? Like if you are struggling, you need to bring it to, you know, it's social media is one dimensional, you know, meet them for coffee, invite them mm-hmm. for coffee, say, can we set up a phone conversation? We seem to have a lot of tension between this social, you know, media post. And that's how we're going to be Christ because that's different, mm-hmm. right? And I agree. When we have workers in the vineyard, you know, like yourself, let's celebrate the work they're doing. Let's not tear them down because we see it as competition. We need to come together and it's the love of Christ that unifies us that unifies our family, that unifies our friendships. And really the sacred heart will burn off those disordered loves, those disordered mm. love for, for sin and, and reset us um, on our right path. So I can't say enough about, about that, but if you're interested in writing, my advice is just do it. And that's, that's um, you know, that's, that's the way you got to go. Just take the first step. I really love your charism of who you are and your faith and your family life and just the way that Christ is working in your life. And your humility, I just love it. So thank you. I just want to thank you for who you are, for being a guest on Journeys in Faith uh, with Ann DeSantis on Fiat Ministry Network. And, and also just invite people to learn more about you. Go to Amazon, key in her name, M- Emily Jaminet, and, and purchase some of her books. Like I said, I love the Sacred Heart book and I own it. And I'm so thrilled to have that book. And thank you, Emily. And so, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Now, is there anything else that you want to share with the audience before the show ends? Because um, that's one more thing I want to bring up is that uh, we have a new format for Journeys in Faith this year for 22-23 going into uh, next year is that the show is now a half an hour. It was an hour before. So it's a little more condensed, but there's just as much information. So you join us here every Friday night on Fiat Ministry Network, 8.30 p.m. Eastern. So is there anything else that you would like to share before we end? I just think um, the importance of don't get discouraged. Don't judge the book before it's over, which is eternity. You know, keep your faith and really turn all of your problems to the Lord. And, you know, I am on all social media platforms, like you mentioned, and I love when people drop me messages or they join my newsletter list and and they share with me, you know, where they're at. I, because we need to come together and not as Christians get discouraged, but rejoice in um, our risen Lord. Amen. Amen. Emily, thank you so much. God bless you. And I hope you will join us again. I can't wait to meet you in person one of these days. That would be great. (laughs) That would be great. God bless everyone. We'll see you here next week on Journeys in Faith.
Journeys of Faith is a production of Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry. For more information about Journeys of Faith, email info at fiatministrynetwork.tv. And be sure to friend, follow, and like us on social media. Just search Journeys in Faith with Ann DeSantis.